This is Sports Best, presented by Repost on the Repost and Podcast Network. Coming at you like a paint scraper, ready to take years of buildup off your door. He is Larry Belt Sander Olson. I am Andrew Chemicals Only Keller. How has your week been going? We have wrapped up another week in the Sports Best office. Do you have any weekend plans? How are you? I'm not the tradesman that you are. Is there like a very fine distinction if you're like, a, hey, I'm just going to take this paint off with an oil thinner versus, you know what, I'm going to do it the old school way and take a sander to it? Um, I think there might have some people that have specific thoughts about it, but when you're trying to take 100 years of paint off a door, uh, chemical chemical stripper is the best way to go. And I guess if, if you're worried about the environment, they have um, non-harsh ones that are a lot less effective and it just takes a lot more time. So I don't know if there's a best way to do it. A belt sander would take lots and lots and lots of sandpaper. Feels like that's something my father-in-law, who's got lots and lots of time, would do. He'd just be like, you know, I'll just sand it down. Make sure you wear a respirator when you're doing that, though. All those particles in the air. You know, it also takes lots and lots of time. The NBA playoffs, which are currently underway, as it stands right now, we have some series going on. The New York Knicks, the mecca of basketball. New York City, they got their first home playoff win in more than eight years this week as the uh, Knicks tied their series with the Hawks at 1-1. The Jazz and Grizzlies series is tied at 1-1. Once again, as I talk right now, Lakers and Suns series tied at 1-1. Brooklyn Nets are cruising. They're up 2-love. The 76ers are also up 2-0 in their series with the Washington Wizards. In the game Wednesday night, Wizgard Russell Westbrook hurt his ankle during the game. He was leaving the court when a 76ers fan dumped a bucket of popcorn on him. The fan was kicked out, probably shouldn't have done that. But to me, I can't think of a better player in the NBA to get a bucket of popcorn dumped on his head than Russell Westbrook. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he was very upset. I want a quick question. Did you just come up with Wizgard or did that, uh, is that something you saw somewhere else? I like sometimes, uh, sometimes we uh, use the vernacular. Sometimes we go uh, sports technical whiz when we refer to the Wizards, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he was he's irate. He's like, this is unacceptable. The NBA needs to take better care of us. They're not going to do nothing. And he's just upset about it. But I mean, one, you're not a likable person. So you got it. <laughs> it's probably going to come Two, Philly is known for yeah. and proud of having the worst fans. They booed. They booed Michael Irving. No, they cheered when Michael Irving like potentially broke his neck and got parted <laughs> off the field. In 1968, the fans threw snowballs at Santa. I mean, what do you expect when you're in Philly? So if I'm that fan and I have the chance to dump a bucket of popcorn on Russell Westbrook, I think I take it if, I can, if I'm not banned for life. I think I go for it in the moment if they're not going to ban me for life. I don't think you're banned for life. I, I, do, I did see something that LeBron James tweeted something that I feel like could be in some minds compared to incitement of a capital riot. He said, by the way, we as players want to see who threw the popcorn at Russ while he was leaving the game with an injury. There's cameras all over the arena, so there's no excuse because if the shoe is on the other foot, basically saying we want to know who this guy is so we can come up with our own vigilante justice. I, I added that vigilante justice in between the lines, but like, why do you need to know who it is, LeBron? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, they kicked him out of the game, so I feel like the NBA knows who it is. Are they saying, like, they're just not going to publicly release the dude's name? Right, because I don't know if there's any need to. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't like the angle that this is taking, being like, hey, 
we're going to do something back to you. Like you are, they're not like NBA players are making a lot of money. They're characters. Like if you don't want popcorn dumped on, you don't be an unlikable character. Like, I don't, I don't think Tim Duncan had popcorn dumped on him. I wonder if popcorn Paul is buddies with courtside Karen who heckled LeBron earlier this year at a Hawks game. They probably are good friends. I saw something (laughs) speaking of the NBA that I don't know if it was an op-ed piece, but basically saying that the Warriors should not re-sign Steph Curry. You shouldn't be paying him for past achievements because he is currently set to be the first player ever to sign two deals north of $200 million. Like If he gets the extension with the Warriors, he'll probably be worth more than that. Do you think that the Warriors should keep him? Well, I don't know the exact numbers, but you just think about how many jerseys the Warriors. I mean, do they make that money back just on selling Curry jerseys alone? Maybe. The argument was he's 33. Like, how much does he have left in the tank? And also, he couldn't get them to the playoffs when 16 teams make the playoffs. It's like, what? uh... Anyway. I think well, they should he, keep him. I think it's a business decision they could. I mean, Michael Jordan, when he was with the Wizards, when he was a Wizard, he uh, he was selling <laughs> he was selling tickets. So I, I feel like the most famous example was Kobe Bryant, right? The Lakers suck. They paid him like sixty million dollars a year once again because no. you need Kobe to sell tickets. So right. having Steph Curry and your team sells tickets, you make the money back. Right, and also they're playing quote with house money at this yeah, point because for sure. Anyway. Well, moving on to baseball, the Cardinals beat the White Sox four to nothing, but that was not the story of the game. What pitcher Gallegos had sunscreen on his hat and um, friend of the show, uh, umpire Joe West, who we talked about earlier this week, breaking a record. And you said he had a um, uh, what's it called? A reputation of, of making it about him. He basically said, hey, you have to change your hat because it has sunscreen on it. And uh, the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt, shit, 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 he uh, he came out hot and said he shouldn't have to do that and got tossed. And uh, I thought that was great. Um, before I go on, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, it's a little curious that a pitcher would have sunscreen on his head. I mean, th- there seems like the, you could have it in the dugout and some sort of tube, maybe not on your hat. Yeah, well, I thought it was funny that uh, it was a story of two statements because right after the game, I'm not going to read both of them because they're kind of long, but uh, Mike said, uh, you know what? He basically has had this hat all season. Sure, stuff's going to get on it, but do we really want to crack down on this now? And then later, after the PR team uh, gets to him, he says, I have a great working relationship with umpires in the Major League Baseball. They have a lot of challenges to do their job well. Having to police foreign substances shouldn't be a part of their job. So he was upset. I mean, you, I guess you ha- it's an unwritten rule that you have to stand up for your players and be like, hey, um, don't make him change his hat. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a difference it makes. I'm sure it does. But what, sunscreen or some foreign substance that the pitcher could use to throw strikes? I mean, there's a big deal. Listen, nobody likes Joe, likes dis- dislikes Joe West more than me. But if you saw a substance on a pitcher's hat, you might be like, hey, man, just change hats. And if you're like, no, well, then, okay, now we're going to have a beef and there's going to be a problem. Or you just change hats. Yeah, I, I, I would say you probably just change hats. And, but uh, I guess he would say the, the guilty person um, throws a bigger fit than the yeah. not guilty person because yeah. they don't have anything to hide. And so yeah. it kind of feels like, yeah, 
probably probably getting trying to slip something in there. By the way, I do have currently lotion on my hat that I'm wearing right now. I have a resin on the bottom of my shoe, so I can uh, <laughs> people know where I've been. Breaking news: We have one another another one of those made-for-TV golf matches. We loved it during the pandemic. It's on the book. It's featuring a couple of eventually Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers teaming up with the great Bryson DeChambeau to take on Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson at the Moonlight Basin Golf Course in Big Sky, Montana, July sixth. Good-looking uh, golf, trying to kind of um, capitalize on old guy Phil who just won the PGA Championship. I love the matches. I'm in. Yeah, I think it's great. And uh, Aaron Rodgers has time to work on his swing because he's not <laughs> reporting to camp. <laughs> he's just playing playing golf, so that's pretty great. Uh, I think this uh, MLB professional PGA has has kind of really hit a gold mine with this because that's what people want to see. Mickelson is a fun personality to be on there. He he's the anchor that's been on all three of them, right? It was him and Tiger, him and Tiger, and now him and uh, DeChambeau. Is well, that- I mean, and, and if you watch the telecast, you see why, why? Right? Because he's the one egging him on. He's, he's very um, photogenic. He's putting the bets down. So yeah, I mean, he's kind of the glue because he's good at it. Yeah, he's good at it. He's, he's interesting. And um, he's got nice looking calves, you know, which is important, which uh, hey, man. his calves through his pants. No, he wears shorts on purpose. That's the whole point. He's, and then everybody was like talking about his calves, man. Oh. Phil Mickelson and his calves. By the way, there's nothing more in this whole wide world that, that I'd rather be doing than playing golf at Moonlight Basin Golf Course in Big Sky, Montana. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I've never been to Montana, so I would like that. Montucky, as the uh, locals call it. <laughs> country. Send your complaints to Andrew Keller at sportsbest.com. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I like a good feud, and I, we grazed on it last show about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Just grazed. They've been going at it for a couple of years now, and uh, they there was eye-rolling after the championship, oh. and now they're on Twitter kind of going i'm kind of getting the point that this feud has become so big that i don't think they really dislike each other i think they're 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 good showmen and they're kind of they're working on their i don't know the k score whatever that thing was that we said the pga <laughs> q score, was, q. Q score that the pga was trying to come up with and yeah. they're boosting their ranks and uh probably they could definitely capitalize on a pay-per-view of them going head to head well, I mean, I feel like the eye roll that we talked about after the PGA Championship, DeChambeau gave, I mean, uh, Brooks gave an eye roll when DeChambeau walked. I feel like that's real, but now we're kind of getting into like fabricated um, dragon arms fight over, you know, nothing on the internets. Yeah, my favorite part of the feud was uh, old man Mickelson tweeting, I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside, except they want the current PGA champ. So that was a fun little jab because they were basically saying, I'm coming for you after I make quick work of you and Phil. Um, so it's exciting. I, I think it could turn into, I mean, just capitalistically, it could turn into something more. Yeah. But as far as a feud, I don't, I don't think they really hate each other. I mean, when you're that good, there's got to be some level of respect. You might not like him, but. Who doesn't love a good golf cat fight? Who doesn't on the, on the Twitters? I do. Right? And we end up with a um, Bob Barker scene and happy. <laughs> yeah. Price is right. DeChambeau. Price is right. Here's a simple question for you, Andrew Keller. Just a simple question. Should we care 
that the NFL's all-time leading scorer, kicker Adam Venateri, is retiring. Should we care? Um, maybe. I, you didn't know this, but one of the hottest buttons for me in life <laughs> is when they talk about kickers or the leading scores. <laughs> because exactly. Oh, it's it's such I, a silly statistic. I mean, it's nice that Vinatieri had a long career. He was consistent. But, like, beyond that, as someone that played football, I don't have a lot of um, love for kickers because they don't really wear pads. They're always off on the side doing their own thing. They're, and there's really not that much upside. I mean, a kicker's like a good umpire. You shouldn't have to think that they're there. It should just be like, all right, the collective team has gotten us into position. Let's capitalize on these points. When you start talking about kickers often during their playing career, it's more about that they're not good. So, I mean, it's nice that he had a long career and he probably was one of the best kickers in the NFL. But as far as his contribution to the game, I don't like kickers. What I feel like you hear you saying is that it's unfair that Adam Vinatieri, a kicker, is the all-time leading scorer because he is. Let's look at the tail of the tape. He scored 2,673 points, made a record 599 field goals, played for 24 years. He made 29 game-winning kicks, scored points in 47 47 different stadiums, and holds the league mark for consecutive field goals at 44. No other kicker in league history has more Super Bowl rings than him three with the Patriots and one with your Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's unfair. It's just like when someone tries to say all time leading score as an impressive stat, it's not an impressive stat that comes with the Ow. nature of you being a kicker. It's, he's kicked in the NFL for 24 years. That's kind of impressive. That's, that, I mean, it, like I said, it's impressive, but that that was the all time leading score is the thing that gets me. Also, yeah. I'm not, I'm not happy with the amount of the use of the word goat being thrown around. Tom Brady say, tweeted it saying congratulations and ended with honored to have played with the goat and probably doesn't think that he's the greatest of all. Like we need to stop using that acronym. It was fun for a little bit, but it's been about 15 years of anyone that's good at something. They're the greatest of all time. Okay. Stop listen, it. I agree with you. I'm not going to use the word goat ever. But I feel like Tom Brady has the authority. If he wants to call Adam Vinatieri the GOAT, I feel like Tom Brady gets the latitude to use the word GOAT. I don't think so. Okay. Because <laughs> it's it's hyperbolic. Okay. It, he's, he's not the greatest of all time. He's, he's, <laughs> he is. he's the NFL scoring leader. And he's that makes the him the greatest of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Tom no. Brady said so. Okay. Well... <laughs> Tom Brady also went on record saying Naomi Osaka oh. is very great. I also have a special place in my heart for this story. Na- Naomi oh. Osaka has gone on the record saying she is not going to do press at the French Open because it's not good for her mental health and while she has the right to do that she has also earned the right to do that by being an extraordinary player if she was ranked number 98 in the world she might not have the latitude to be able to do that like the reason you want to be able to watch tennis and get access to these players is why they get paid so much so maybe don't do your press conference and take a 15 percent pay cut because People are losing out in revenue because people are watching the press conferences and that's feeding the money that goes into it. 
she basically, like, I mean, she has a decent argument saying she doesn't want to have to answer questions about a loss and being kicked while she's down. But also the purse is big because there's a lot going into it. And you just saying, I'm not going to take media is, is ridiculous to me. Well, I guess the question is if you're a professional athlete and you, you start going down the road to becoming a professional athlete, isn't part of the job. Hey, you're going to have to talk about your performance. Yeah, I mean, with other major sports, it's built into your contract. That's why we know of Marshawn Lynch saying thanks for asking over and over because he's like, I'm going to fill my contractual obligation and you're not going to find me, but I don't want to talk to you. I mean, she could do that. Um, But like it's it's part of the 360 thing about why you're getting paid as a professional athlete, because people want to know about you and people want to hear the same questions every time. It's like, oh, how do you feel? And uh, I feel for her. It's probably not good for her mental health. Also, so what, to take questions from like reporters about the tennis match. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of saying that like, well, people are just going to ask the same questions over and over and I'm not going to want to answer them, but they're going to keep asking them. And that's hard on me. And yeah, that's true. It's probably also not good for your mental health to compete in a finals at the French open. Like that's a lot of pressure on you. That's probably uh, big picture, not good for your mental health. So uh, again, she's earned the right to say this, 